Last time, I asked you listeners if anyone would like to make a sound file about a specific roasting experience. Just a short voice memo that I could post in this podcast. Mike Costani did that. He is roaster at Buscadu Coffee in New Jersey, United States. And he did a useful experience with the cooling process. You are listening to the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstedt. This is a podcast about all the differences in coffee roasting. When you have roasted a batch of coffee, you need to cool the beans. Most roasting machines have a built-in cooling tray with a fan and a mechanism to turn the beans during the cooling. You have probably heard about the importance of fast cooling. From early on, I heard that the beans should be cooled below 40 degrees Celsius within four, four minutes. I think that is what they recommend at the SCA courses. Here comes the experience Mike Castani did with the cooling phase. My name is Mike Castani. I'm the director of coffee and a production roaster at Buscardu Coffee Company in Asbury Park, New Jersey, the United States. At Buscardu, I roast on two machines, a Diedrich CR25 and an Akawa sample roaster, which is a 50-gram batch sample roaster. Here I just had to get hold of the size of his big roaster, the Diedrich. It's the CR25 model. That 25 stands for 25 kilos. Mike tells that he loads maximum 50 pounds. That is 22.5 kilo. But it was with the small sample roaster, the Ikava doing 50 grams, that he wasn't quite happy. Although extremely different roasters with extravagantly different heating concepts, I trust both manufacturers enough to know that the roasted coffee that comes out of these machines should be doing justice to the green going into them. But I noticed that the two finished products were just a little too different. Uh, too different to make the judgment call on the green samples that we are receiving to see if we wanted to serve that coffee throughout the year. Um, the answer is short and pretty anticlimactic. But after trying a bunch of different profiles on the Akawa and cupping the coffees I was familiar with against my production roasts, um, the Akawa, although a great tool, doesn't have the same cooling motor and fan the CR25 has. So I simply just put the sample uh, from the Akawa into the CR25's cooling bin directly after roasting, and the coffee that I was cupping afterwards was bursting with all the flavor that wasn't there in my prior attempts mostly the trebly or, or bright notes of the coffee I was roasting. Um, I'm certain someone is thinking like, oh, that's an amateur mistake, and you know you should just feel the coffee, and if it's not room temp, it's not cool enough. But it kind of served as a reminder to me that as roasting technology becomes more intricate, uh, it's the simpler things that are going to be overlooked. The, uh, the micro-decisions that we make during the roast profile are really important, but I don't think that we should ever lose sight of the big picture that makes coffee really great. Um, in this case, the simple concept of cooling it after it was roasted. A very interesting observation. And this is what I love about the coffee community. So many curious people readily trying out things to explore, to gain practical experience, and always holding it up against the taste. Funny that he brings it up right now. 
I had just been thinking about why this isn't a data point in the logging of the roast. How long did the cooling process take? When I interviewed the Coffee Collective for the upcoming episodes on Geisha, they also mentioned variants in the cooling process. Even though they roast a coffee to the same bean temperature every time, the actron value is not the same. The color of the roast. It varies with the weather. They had been thinking about the difference in the cooling process. The cooling is faster in cold winter weather than on warm summer days. Well, weather condition influence so many things, so there could be other factors. But still, it made me wonder why we don't measure the speed of the cooling process. And even more now when Mike tells about his experience. This could also be part of the reason why different batch sizes on the same machine with the same beans turn out different. Because smaller batches are cooled quicker than larger. I don't know how this is done the best, measuring the speed of the cooling process. If you just place a temperature probe between the beans in the cooling tray, the probe will be mostly affected by the cooler air being sucked in. I would hesitate to do that. Maybe an infrared reading on the surface on the beans would work. I just suspect that the temperature would vary in different areas of the cooling tray and the inner of the beans are warmer than the outer. Then I would rather try measuring the outgoing air from the cooling tray and then find a useful target point and write down the time for each batch. How long to reach 30 degrees or whatever makes sense. I'm not the fastest one to install such things. But I wonder if anyone already tried it or want to go ahead. I would like to hear about that. That's it for now. This kind of short installment with input from you listeners. I think I will call them sip, like a sip of coffee. They're supposed to be just brief and focused on one detail, like this one, opposed to the longer episodes. So if you've got something interesting experience, send it to me. It could also be cool to hear if you tried out things from the, this podcast. Things we talked about. And gained experience what worked for you in your setting and for your taste preferences. So we get kind of a conversation going within the podcast. And by the way, thanks for all the feedback along the way. Your appreciation really warms my heart. And... It keeps this podcast going. Makes me want to make more. My name is Therese Brunstad. Some people drink coffee to get through the day. Others get through the day to drink good coffee.